Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Promise Perspective podcast. I'm your host Stephanie Green and I'm also the founder and owner of the Promise Perspective and it has been a long time since I've done a podcast episode or done any teachings or posted anything um, on social media lately and I want to take some time to explain what has been going on recently. And the truth is, I've sat on this, how I want to even talk about this for a while, and I still don't even really know how to begin. But um, the difference between now and like seven months ago is that I feel the Father has given me permission to speak which that's what's different about before. That wasn't the case before. Um, So much has changed in my faith over these last seven months. All these are good changes, but I stepped into the secret place about seven months ago and um, I'm coming out of the secret place now a completely different person. And when I say a completely different person, I know most people probably hear that and they're like, oh, that's great. We're so happy for you. But the thing is, um, and this is what I've kind of been wrestling with, is that like a lot of people are not going to like this new version of, of me because what I knew going into the secret place versus what I've come to, you know, have the revelation on coming out of it is that my entire view and my entire perspective on Christianity has changed. Um, I've grown more into a, a deeper understanding of the truth and it's not like, it's just radical. Um, And that's what's hard for me to explain because um, part of my ministry has always been about just being transparent in my walk. And I'm I'm always going to continue to do that no matter, you know, no matter what it looks like. And the thing is, um, because of these changes that have happened to me over the last year, but more specifically over these last six, seven months, have got me just so disturbed and grieved because I just don't know how the heck I'm going to explain the things that have been revealed to me that I know (laughs) are true. And it has quite literally broken me. Um, Because long story short, my eyes have been opened to spiritual deception that so many of us are living in right now and we don't even know it. Um, I posted the last, was it the last podcast episode or the one before that, which by the way, if, if you've been listening to my podcast episodes, you'll see that I've deleted like 10 episodes and long story short, that's because there's a lot of things that I used to believe that I don't, I don't believe anymore. There's a lot of things that I used to teach about that I don't agree with anymore. Like that's what's so like. I've not fallen away. You guys, trust me, I have not fallen away from the faith. And ironically enough, that's what a lot of people are going to think. But that's why the Father has been really ministering meekness to me lately. 
and gentleness as I try to explain this. So while it seems like I'm kind of like dragging my feet on how on explaining some of these things, um, I'm not. I, I just really want to um, establish um, some foundational truths as I move forward in my ministry and what I teach on and what I'm led to share and, and teach others. But, um, you know, my eyes have been opened to spiritual deception. And the thing about deception is that you don't know you're being deceived. And that's what's so sickening about it, because even the most genuine and zealous and kind-hearted, passionate Christians really don't know it. And um, that's the disturbing part about all of this. So I've put a lot of time into praying, um, praying that the Father just gives me the words through His Spirit. And, you know, that's what it's all about anyway. His will and His words, not mine. Um, and that's why I haven't really been able to speak over these last six, seven months, because I mean, I just, if I'm not led to speak on something, I'm just not going to speak on it. And I want more than anything, um, to be a clean vessel and a pure vessel for him to use and to work through. So I've had to spend a lot of time just repenting um, because of the things I've learned. And I plan more, I plan to share more about that with you all over the next couple of episodes. And um, I do plan to, as I'm teaching and sharing, uh, as I go along, you know, this path, I'm going to publicly repent from some things that I have, um, taught on. I've, I've taught on a lot of things that, um, and you know, I can see who, I can see how many times each episode is downloaded. So like, I don't know who's listening to it, but I know that, um, I, I need to repent publicly and apologize for some things that I've taught on that were not biblically accurate. And as we go through this and I start to teach and share more about what I've learned, I'm going to repent from that. And um, I've already asked for forgiveness from the Father. And, um, you know, that's all I can do, right? That's what repenting is. It's just about changing your mind and going a different direction. And I believe that the best thing that I can do as a sister in Messiah is be an open book as well as an open door for conversation. I've always said that, you know, I never want anyone to think that I have this thing all figured out because the more I grow in my relationship with Yahuwah, who the world refers to as God, which Yahuwah is God's name, um, the more he rips veils from my face and scales from my eyes. And that's what I really want to talk about today. And I also want to preface this by saying that um, I, I don't, I will not be using the words God and Lord and Jesus Christ moving forward. Um, 
And I will explain that to you in an upcoming podcast episode. Um, I, I may use those words for teaching purposes, but it's going to take a while for me to unpack why and why the foundation of using English terms and titles of our Father and Messiah are actually built on deception as well. So I just, I hope you hang in there with me and are willing to open your mind and learn more. Um, I'm actually excited to share with you how I learned God's actual name that was given to us in Hebrew, which is Yahuwah. (laughs) That's his name. And for starters, just real quick, um, our father's name is not God. It's not Lord. Those are titles. Um, The name Jesus Christ is a surrogated name of our Messiah. Our father's name was removed from our Bibles thousands of years ago due to, well, several reasons, but mainly due to um, the, it's a, it's a doctrine called the ineffable name doctrine. And that is something that has carried over to our present day translations uh, because Jesus is not even a translation. It's a, it's a total replacement name of our Messiah. And as I continue to explain, um, I know, it, I know people are thinking this cause that this is what I thought too, but I used to always say, you know, well, that's the Hebrew name, but his name in English is Jesus. So it's all the same thing. And it's actually not the same thing. Um, it's not about just like translating the name. It's about the process behind like how that happened. That is what's disturbing um, and deceptive. And I mean, the letter J wasn't even a letter until like 1524. The letter J, I believe, was the last letter to be added to the English alphabet. Um, but, you know, just for clarification, before I go any further, I just I want to go ahead and just give my statement of faith because I don't want there to be any confusion in what I'm everything that I teach is biblically based. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, let me just I just want to read you all my statement of faith because I don't want you to be confused or think that I'm teaching another doctrine because I'm not. So um, here we go. Uh, I believe in the one true living Elohim, God whose name is Yahuwah. I believe in his begotten son, Yahusha HaMashiach, who was sent by the Father to die for the sins of the world, was buried and rose from the grave and ascended into heaven and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of Elohim. I believe that Yahusha is our Messiah. I believe that the scriptures are the inspired word of Yahuwah. And I believe every word that has been written. I believe that sin is the transgression of the law. I believe that I'm saved by grace through faith. I believe because of our faith, we are able to enter into the new covenant with Yahuwah, and we should no longer desire to continue in sin, and we should strive to walk as our Messiah walked. I believe that obedience to Yahuwah's commandments is the evidence of our faith and salvation. I believe that we will be judged according to our works. I believe that once we accept Yahusha as our Messiah, We are grafted into Israel as the wild branch, as 
I'm a Gentile, obviously, um, and no longer fall under the class of a Gentile. I claim no denomination. I am a follower of Yahusha. I believe the whole Bible, and I live my life according to the written scriptures given to us by his Father and our one and only Elohim, Yahuwah. So, moving on. (laughs) I... I, I just want you to know that I plan on spending, honestly, I plan on spending the rest of my life explaining what's been revealed to me over these last seven months. Um, because it wasn't just, you know, I had a revelation. No, it was um, a whole deliverance that I went through over these last several months. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but... Um, I plan to spend the rest of my life, um, teaching you what the father's taught me over this last year. And my only ask of you is for you to be patient with me as I try to explain these things. Uh, cause it's really difficult to, it's really difficult to explain what I'm going to talk about and continue to teach about. And, um, I pray that you receive these truths with an open mind in a open heart that is willing to learn and grow. Um, I pray that, that you desire to be teachable, um, and that you take everything that I say to the father. Um, I, I, I want you to seek him and him only for revelation and clarification and discernment. Um, I just, I, I, I don't ever, <laughs> I don't ever want people to just believe what I'm saying. And the reason for that is because, um, first Corinthians talks about how Paul was talking about how he plants the seed. He said, Apollo watered the seed. Um, but only Yahuwah gives the growth. So like I have no control and no power to bring you into understanding. Um, I'm very hyper aware of that and painfully aware of that. Because all I can do is plant seeds. Someone might come behind me and water the seeds that I'm planting. Or maybe this podcast episode is watering a seed somebody else planted for you. Either way, I'm not responsible for the growth. Nobody is. The only one that is responsible for the growth is our Heavenly Father. He gives the growth. So that's why like, I don't want you to take what I'm saying and believe it all. Like that's very not smart (laughs) to do. So, um, I, you know, I just can't express that enough. I can't stress that importance enough that you have to seek the truth alone through Yahuwah. Um, you might be calling on him as God or Lord. Um, but your heavenly father, our heavenly father, um, go to him only him, ask him, ask his, his Holy spirit to bring you into understanding. Don't go to your pastor for truth. Don't go to your family members for truth. Don't go to your friends for truth. Don't go to any person for your truth. Go to the heavenly father, period. And you know, the reason I titled this reintroducing myself is because there's some things that that have changed in terms of what I believe. Obviously, I just read you my statement of faith and um, 
there's some terminology and some vocabulary that's changing for me. There's things that I used to teach on and like I said, things I used to believe that I don't, I don't align with anymore. And it's, it's really just because I've come into a deeper understanding of the truth. And, um, a lot of my convictions have changed and it's important for me to explain how and why. And I've seen enough times with others that when people try to teach on things that I'm going to teach on moving forward, people always want to put you in a box. They always want to put a label on you. Like, you know, and it's already happened to me. <laughs> are you Jewish now? Like, so are you, so you're, are you a Christian? Are you part of this Hebrew roots movement? Are you in some sort of cult? Is this like a new religion? <laughs> it never fails. And I just want to say out loud, like I am none of those. I do not. Labels are so dangerous. You guys, like we cannot box that that's why religion's always been so divisive. And I just, you know, our Messiah did not come here to start a religion. M- men did that. And our Messiah came to bring the sword. And if you know Ephesians, we know that the sword is the word. He said, I didn't come here to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And the sword is the word. And the word, it, it cuts and it divides. And I just, I follow the word. That's it. Um, I follow the teachings of our Messiah. That's it. And for some reason, some weird reason, religion makes following the word more complicated than it needs to be. And I choose to use the Hebrew names moving forward because you are going to see a distinction of why that is important and how some of our English terminology has given way to a massive amount of confusion and deception. So, you know, I just ask that you bear with me. Like I said, labels are dangerous to use because all that does is help people box in their understanding of you. And the word of Yah does not fit in a box. That's why Yahusha was crucified. Yahusha as you know, just, just so people are, you know, becoming familiarized with the, with my vocabulary, it's who the world refers to as Jesus. And, um, you know, people hate things that they don't understand. And that's why I will not label myself as anything other than a follower of the way, the truth and the life. Whether you know me personally, or you follow my page on social media, um, I really hope more than anything that you know how much I love the truth. I hope that I've produced enough fruit in my walk to make that pretty evident. You know, I've been a follower of Messiah for about six and a half years. The first two years of my walk were (laughs) incredibly lukewarm, 100% lukewarm. But these last four and a half years, I've received, I've received healing. I've received um, deliverance. I have been wrecked with discipline and I've learned how to become more obedient through the process of sanctification. Um, I've been in the word faithfully as a student these last four and a half years. And the Holy Spirit has just been teaching me things that have 
just constantly create, they constantly create a deeper love and longing in my heart for Yahua. And I've gotten to a point in my life where I literally can't focus on anything else but him. Like I crave his word more than food. I've been begging the father to burn all of my unrighteousness away. Like burn it all away. Cleanse me. Give me a new heart. Purify me. Make me more like you. I pray constantly that I don't fall into deception. Like I am begging for wisdom. I beg him to teach me. And the crazy part about it all is that when you pray things according to his will and his purpose, he really does do them for you. And that's what's happened to me. And it's something that I continue to ask for as he removes the things of this world and he removes the scales over my eyes. Like the power of prayer, when you pray according to the will of the father, it says in Jeremiah, he says, I watch over my word to perform it. So like when we are praying things, <sighs> when we pray things, like when we ask him from a humble and sincere heart and we ask him for wisdom and we ask him to teach, teach us and we ask him for discernment and we beg for the things that are in his will, you will be so shocked and floored and amazed and it will build your faith like no other when he does that for you. It is so incredible, and I just wish everybody could tr could get to that point because this is what it's all about, you guys. It's about learning how to pray his will over your life and how to walk in obedience so that he can, he can bless you because obedience is what brings you deliverance. Obedience, obedience is what brings you wisdom. And if we're not pursuing that walk of righteousness, we can't receive those things. You know what I mean? Because our, our, our eyes and our heart aren't trying to find that. And like, it wasn't until I started praying for those things. Like, and I, like, I'll never forget when I just, for some reason, I, one day I woke up and I was like, Father, please teach me and give me understanding of what I'm reading. Like it was a simple prayer. And at that time I was, I was calling on God and saying in Jesus name and okay, like, but he, he did that for me. Like he, he like, and I'm just like, wow, I'm understanding this so much better. I'm going to keep asking him to teach me. And he just kept showing me and showing me and showing me and peeling back those layers. And I'm, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, it's like an addiction. When he starts showing you things that you know, you aren't learning in the church and you are not learning from the world. That's how you know that he's real. Like it totally builds your faith. Anyway, anyway. Those are some radical prayers and those kind of prayers 
come with a cost. Um, if you, if you truly want to be used by him and you want to be disciplined, it's going to cost you something. That's what I talked about in one of my last episodes. I was like, your calling's going to break you. It is going to break you. And that is so, (laughs) that is so true. It's all about being in oneness with our father, just as our Messiah was, you know, to be able to communicate with our father in heaven is the greatest blessing and journey and adventure that we could ever go on. He blows your mind (laughs) when you truly do seek him with all of your heart and all of your soul, and all of your mind, with everything that you have, when you start to lay things down, oh my gosh, like, when you put that shovel to the scriptures, and you start digging, you really do find that treasure, that's why it says wisdom is better than gold, it is, (laughs) and as you go from that milk to meat, as Paul talks about, or not Paul, sorry, the author of Hebrews, it's apparently Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is anonymous. I always say Paul because I just feel like he wrote it, but I can't, sorry, I can't say that for sure. The author of Hebrews says, as you go from milk to meat, you know, it, it becomes easier to, to, it says the meat is solid food and that's what that's what helps people distinguish between good and evil. That's for people whose senses have been trained. Like that meat requires some discipline and some training if you're going to if you're going to chew on it. And um I think the best way to describe the walk of being a truth-seeking believer is that the more you walk, the more you begin to move from that milk to soft food and then you move from that soft food start getting a little bit stronger and you move that move from soft food to solid food. It's like a series of paradigm shifts in your way of thinking. Like your worldview constantly gets shaken up and changed. And like, in other words, the way you thought things were is actually not true at all. And that has most certainly been the pattern for me over these last four and a half years. Our Bible is a very powerful book. Um, It's a very supernatural book. It is a very, very much a living book. That's why you can read things 30 times. Every, listen, listen, every time I read scripture, like I'm, I'm, I'm working on getting through the like Bible, reading it, studying it again, going through all the books, because like every time I get one of these paradigm shifts, it's like I'm seeing it and I'm reading things through a totally different lens. And, and it keeps, he keeps taking me further <laughs> and further and further out to sea. Like, I don't even see the shore anymore. I ain't coming back y'all. Like we're full steam ahead. Like <sighs> truth. And, uh, you just start, you just start seeing the world differently. As he sets you apart from this world, you just start to kind of hate the world. 
<laughs> like you kind of, you kind of really can't, you know, I don't like to say the word vibe, but like, I don't know what else, what other word to use, but like, you just don't have anything in common with the world anymore. That's what, that's what it means to learn to be set apart. You guys, like if you've been a follower for any amount of time and you look back over, you know, years and years, I don't know, however many years and your world and you, you, you don't see the world differently than when you did, when you first started following our Messiah, you need to spend some more time in the word. I'm just going to be honest with you because part of learning the truth is unlearning the ways of the world so that you can discern the difference between the two. But I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm actually like, I'm getting another podcast episode prepared, uh, prepared for next week. And that's what I want to talk about in that one. But, um, the Bible is how Yahuwah communicates with you. It's how, you know, I've talked about this before, but it's his word. It's his will. It's his thoughts. It's his promises. And the more that you supernaturally come into alignment with his plans and his purposes, you just, you start to see the world for what it really is. And that's what discernment is, right? So as I've continued to study and seek and ask and pray, like literally every time that I think I have a grasp on the truth, Yahuwah flips the tables of my heart. He brings me in a whole new understanding and and sheds a whole new light on my worldview. And like I said, it's like a continuous series of paradigm shifts. What I mean by that is that my my previous worldview <clears throat> gets crumbled, gets shattered, gets demolished when the word points out cracks and error in my thoughts and beliefs. And with that new truth and revelation and understanding, it comes a replacement in my old way of thinking. I grow into more truth. I grow into deeper discernment. I remove sin. I repent because of these new convictions. And then I continue. I just, you just continue to grow. I, I continue to mature in the sanctification process as I grow into more intimacy. And let me tell you, this, this is a process that we're never going to complete while we live here on earth, like in our, in our flesh, this process never is never going to end until we are reunited with our heavenly father and our Messiah. So I just want you to, I want you to understand, understand that too. Like the goal isn't to reach a level of perfection while we're here. That's never going to happen. It's not possible. The goal is to just continue this walk, endure to the end, you know, run this race, be the light. So anyway, that's been the pattern for me. And this has not only given me clarity, but it's sanctified me in ways that only, only he can do. And the more this happens, the more I crave the word. And as difficult as discipline and correction is, 
the joy comes from how it builds your faith. And there's something beautiful to be found in the fact that discipline actually brings deliverance. It brings healing. It brings transformation. And this happens to the those people who allow correction and sanctification, who allow discipline to, to do its work. It's that, it's that heart circumcision. That's part of the new covenant is a circumcision of the heart. And the thing is that the more that truth is revealed, the deception's also revealed. He, our father is really good at crumbling foundations that you've rested your beliefs on that are actually exposed to be falsehoods. He is really good at doing that. But one thing that isn't talked about much is the breaking and the grief that comes with following him. This this walk is hard. Over the last few years, as I've been guided into truth by the Spirit and really been able to develop the gifts of wisdom and discernment, I have been broken in so many ways that I didn't even know I could be broken. Like, y'all, I am constantly filled with so much joy and so much grief all the time. And it's a really, um, it's a really hard thing to manage. And I'm just really just being transparent and honest because my joy comes from the hope that I have. I have so much joy, you guys. Like, I am just, my faith, you know, my faith and my hope, that's my joy. Like, it's found only in Him. And, um, but the more that I come out of this world, the more that I'm set apart from this world, I... Like the more I grieve and mourn over the state of this world and the people in it, I'm constantly trying to balance the two because it's a strange place to be when you're constantly managing joy and grief at the same time. <laughs> it's really, it's really weird. And um, that's just really where I've been like, that's just where that's just where I'm at with a lot of things is just the joy of the hope that I have, but the grief of um, knowing how deceived we've been and we don't even know it. And there's so many like, honestly, there's levels of deception and I'm just wrestling with this episode. I'm wrestling with all of it because I know I know that most people, as I continue to teach and talk, like, I know that most people are not going to understand what I'm saying. I know that most people are not, it's not even just understanding, but they're not going to like it. And it just breaks my heart. And my heart is to teach 
And I believe that's what my calling is. And I strive to take really big concepts and truths and break them down into smaller bite-sized pieces so that I can help people understand. But the thing is, is that you have to love the truth to receive the truth. And I know many people say that they love the truth. But the truth is they don't. They really don't. And um, that's why, you know, they, they, they don't, you can't, I'm just going to say it. You can't love the truth if you're not willing to die to yourself. Because, and, and you know, people, people don't want to die to themselves. Majority of people really don't want to be on fire for yoga. They don't want to be on fire for our Messiah. They, they don't, people don't want to die to themselves because they don't want to get uncomfortable. They don't want to receive any type of discipline. And I just, I just pray that you don't harden your heart to the things that I'm going to be talking about. Um, I'm literally interceding on your behalf daily, praying for you daily. And that is the, I have such a burden of prayer on my heart for people to come out of this deception. And I know like, I can't, I can't even hit you with a headline for what that deception is because like this, this is a process you all like, it's so in the book of revelation. I'm just going to say this because this verse just got dropped in my heart. But when we talk about the beast and I don't know what verse number it is. Hang on. Let me find it real quick. Because I want to I want to be able to point you exactly to where it's at. So hang on just one second. Okay, I found it. So when John's writing the book of Revelation, and I'm in chapter 17 where it talks about the woman and the scarlet beast. And he says, so... And in chapter 17, verse 5, it says that upon her forehead was a name called, it was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And then John says in the next verse, verse 6, he says, when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Okay. And then he talks a little bit more and goes down. So verse 9 says, or I'm sorry, verse 8 it says that the beast, which you saw once was, now is not, and will come out of the abyss and go to destruction. Um, the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast for, um, because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. So like basically what I'm trying to explain to you guys is that John's writing this, okay, like, one of the things that we have to do as we, as we study the scriptures, as we study the word, we have to put ourselves in the pages. John, 
who was one of Yahusha's disciples, he wrote this book. Like, I mean, John, if you want to know the heartbeat of our Messiah, go read the Gospel of John because John was like so precious to our Messiah. So like he knew him. He, John ain't nobody to mess with. He, he knew it. He knew his stuff. Okay. So he's, he's writing this book and he's talking about when he saw the beast, when he saw who this, who this mystery Babylon the great, the mother of harlots is. It says that when I, he said, when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. So what he's saying in this verse is that when he saw her, he was absolutely, utterly shocked, which means he was just beside himself when he saw the beast for, for who it really is. And that is something we have to start taking these verses and really sitting on them. What does that mean? Because it also says those who were not written in the book of life. And let me tell you something, y'all. How many Christians are there in the world? What is it? 2.6 billion. Hold on. Let me talk. Let me ask real quick. How many Christians in the world? Okay. Uh, as of the year 2020, there's approximately 2.4 billion Christians in the world. Listen to me. These 2.4 billion Christians, y'all, they are not, they are not entering in by the narrow gate. Okay. We almost half of the world's population claims Christianity. Do you really think those 2.4 billion people are, are saved? We have to be real with ourselves. Like we have to be real with ourselves out of the 8 billion people in this world, almost close to half of them are saved? Listen, no, that's not, that's not what scripture tells us. It tells us that narrow is the gate and very few find it. So when we look at this verse and say, those who, whose names were, were not written in the book of life, it's not, it's not talking about unbelievers. Okay. Like we have to be sure that our name's written in there. We, we need, we need to be working out our salvation with fear and trembling, because let me tell you something. If Yah had not pulled me out of the deception that I was living in, I really doubt I would have been saved. And I know that might sound weird and like, oh, no way. But listen, the delusion is very, very, very strong and most Christians have no idea, no idea what the truth really is. And it, it's, it, and we're going to talk about it. I can't, I can't break it all down in one podcast episode, but listen to me. The beast shocked John. That tells me that he was just like, can this even really be true? Like you can just, I can only imagine what I've been going through his head. And he said, the whole world is going to be astonished. Well, he didn't say the whole world. He said, those who dwell on the earth shall wonder. Those who, those names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast for what it really is. That tells me that 
it's something that we aren't expecting. And that's all I know, right? That's why we have to be number one focus in the word and prayer with our Heavenly Father. Anyway, I'm kind of getting off track, but hey, that's what was dropped in my heart to share. So we went there for a second. Um, so I was talking about how most people don't really want to die to themselves. Um, they don't want to receive discipline because discipline comes with correction and conviction. And when you are faced with conviction, you have to make a choice to either rebel or repent. And if you repent, that requires you to live with a higher level of accountability and conviction than other people, than the, you know, the rest of this world. And most people really don't want that. They, they love the lie. They don't really love the truth. And it says in second Thessalonians that Yahuwah is going to send people a strong delusion. He's going to give people up to the strong delusion because and here's another key word, because they refused to love the truth. They may have known the truth, but they didn't love the truth. If you don't love, that's what he's saying. If you don't love the truth and only you and him can work that out. I'm not, I can't make that judgment at all. If you don't love the truth, he will give you up to the delusion. He's going to let you believe the lie. And it says that those it's that's what's interesting about it, too, because he's sending them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, because if they would have loved the truth, they would have been saved. Like, that's a key right here. Loving the truth is a prerequisite to prerequisite to salvation. It says that in. Hang on a second. I wasn't prepared for all this. Hang on. Second Thessalonians. Chapter two, verse 10 through 11 says with all, well, chapter second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine through 11 says, even him who's coming, talking about the lawless one, um, his coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, Elohim, which is God shall send them a strong delusion so that they'll believe the lie. I'm just... Some things that we got to be thinking about, you guys. Got to be thinking about. Because the strong delusion is something that was revealed to me in the secret place. And I'm not ready to talk about it yet. um, Because it's something that people aren't ready to deal with. And I've got to, this is just how I'm feeling led to talk about these things. Like, the, learning is done. Isaiah 28 talks about how we learn precept upon, by building precept upon precept, line upon line, a little a little bit here, a little bit there. That's how we increase learning. So, like, there's many things I want to talk about, but I can't just lay it all out there because you guys, the deception goes back to ancient Babylon. Like we have to, man, 
it goes all the way back to ancient Babylon. That's why, you know, I've spent the last year studying, like, I've been asking and wrestling, like, what is Mystery Babylon? And I'm like, okay, if I want to understand Mystery Babylon, I need to go to the places in the Bible where Babylon is talked about. That's in, you know, ancient Babylon with Nimrod and um, in the very beginning of the Old Testament. And then I need to go to Jeremiah, who, oddly enough, has the same warning that's in Revelation 18.4 to come out of her. Jeremiah gives us the same exact warning in, I forget what chapter it is. It's in one of the later chapters. But so that's, that caught my attention because if there's anything that's ever repeated in scripture, you need to take note of that and look into that. So that's what I've been doing. And anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I always do this. And then my podcast episodes end up being like an hour and a half, but y'all, I just have to get this out. If you have to pause and come back to it, because I, I don't know how to make, I can't make this a cute little 25 minute podcast episode and put a bow on it and say, here you go. Like, that's not, that's just, that's just not going to happen here. So anyway, I talked about second Thessalonians, about the delusion comes for those who don't love the truth. It doesn't say the delusion comes for those who don't know the truth. The delusion is for those who don't love the truth. So it's just something to think about. Um, And to be very honest with you, most church, like the things that I'm going to share with you guys, y'all, you're not going to find this in any churches because most churches are so asleep and deceived just as much as the next person is. And it's like the blind leading the blind. And there's a very good chance that, that your pastor, I can guarantee you that your pastor is one of the sweetest, most kind hearted. And that's the thing, you guys, I, I, I don't want to come across as having a critical spirit against anything. That's not my heart. That's not my intention. My heart breaks for the pastors just as much as those sitting in the, in the pews because most pastors will do anything for you. They will do anything. They will give you the shirt off their back. They will come pick you up at three o'clock in the morning. If you've got yourself in a sticky situation, they will come to your hospital bed and pray over you. And they are some of the sweetest, kindest people you could ever meet. Okay. I know this. And that's what breaks my heart so much because you guys like the pastors are just as deceived. And, and the problem that we have today is that so many people want to be led by men instead of being led by Yah. They don't want to be led by the father. They don't want to be led and they don't want their lives dictated based on what scripture says. Okay. And like, I'm just going to leave that there because, you know, my, I, my intentions are never to like, I want to be clear. I, Whenever I talk about anything controversial or confrontational, I'm not coming at anyone to attack them. I want to challenge people, though. I want to challenge us to look deeper than what we've been taught and told. And, you know, I'm coming to you all, both now and for the rest of my life, 
talking about certain things and hard topics because I was deceived. I was under the strong delusion until I received deliverance over these last seven months that pulled me out of it. And the, and you know, I was just ignorant. There were a lot of things that I was ignorant to. Ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. Okay. And there were things I just didn't know. I didn't know some of the things that I know now. And, and, but I I know now, I, I know now, and now I'm required to act on it. I can't be silent about the things that I've learned and the things that have been revealed to me. Like I'm required to do better. I have to do better. That's what conviction is. That's what repentance does, is it stirs you up to the point where now that I know the truth, oh, now I gotta, I gotta tell my brothers and sisters, I gotta pull y'all out with me. I have to. Because of what I've learned, I have such, such a deeper understanding of what grace, like the purpose of grace, what grace is really for. And, and just, just know, just know that I'm not coming to you pointing a finger with a pompous heart saying, I'm big, you're little, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm coming to you and bringing this message and future messages to you saying, listen, we have got to come out of Babylon. We have got to come out of her. We have to seek Yahuwah now more than ever. I'm trying to pull you all out of this deception with me and, and say to you, like 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, be reconciled. Be reconciled to Elohim. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled. So about a year ago, the father began impressing several things on my heart, okay? And at the time, I didn't understand what they meant. But I know that it was his spirit, his Ruach, um, impressing these things on me because it created a deep burning desire to start studying church history, okay? Which I thought was kind of fascinating because as I started studying church history, it led me to basically study world history. <laughs> and... um but through like a church history lens, if that makes any sense. And, and he said to me, the father said to me so clearly, so clearly. And when I say that he spoke to me, I'm not saying I heard an audible voice, but it was a deep impression that, you know, whenever, whenever, you know, I don't know, this is just me. I can only speak for myself, but like when I hear from the father, when I hear from him, it's never an audible voice that I hear. It's just a deep impression that, that, that pushes on me so hard that I know it wasn't my thoughts. I know it wasn't me that thought that I know I was not thinking that when I heard it or when I felt it, it's like a, it's like an impression that you can feel. But anyway, he said to me so clearly, he said, if you want to understand where this is going, you have got to understand where it's been. And There were two verses that were burned in my heart from that point on as I started my studies. And those were the ones I just told you all. Second Corinthians 
chapter 5, verse 20, be reconciled to Elohim. And Revelation 18, verse 4, come out of her, my people. Like, and like I said, in Jeremiah, I heard the same verse. And that's where this, actually, Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah is where this started. Um, But Jeremiah is one of my favorite books. I just feel like if if I lived in the time that Jeremiah lived and and we knew each other, we would probably be crying on each other's shoulder constantly because he's the weeping prophet. And I'm telling y'all, like, I am a crybaby in prayer. I am such a crybaby for the father, but TMI, I don't know. Anyway, um, so those were the verses I heard. I kept hearing over and over, come out of her, come out of her, come out of her. I'm like, okay, like, I just kept hearing it, okay? And I'd also like to add, I joke about being a crybaby, but, like, I really do cry for this world a lot. I cry for people. I cry for people I know and people I don't know. I just have such a heavy brokenness in my heart for the state of this world, and I cry because I don't believe many people who say they love our father really love our father. I cry because people say they love him, but their hearts are far from him. And I cry because people go to church every Sunday, but they're never in the word. And and this, this state of my heart didn't start until about a year ago as well. I was in prayer one day. This is maybe too much information, but I'm going to tell y'all anyway, but I was in prayer one day and I was just crying. (laughs) I was just crying. And just so you know, tears are prayers. Okay. Just so you know. And I was just sitting there thinking, I was just thinking like, why do I cry this much? What is going on with me? I was asking Yah, who I was calling, I was still calling him God at the time, but I was asking him, why am I crying so much? Like, why do I feel so broken? all the time. And he led me to Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 17. And it says, but if you will not hear it, my soul will weep in secret places for your pride. And my eyes will overflow with tears for Yahuwah's flock has been taken captive. And that's the verse that helped me understand why I was so upset. And it helped me understand that I wasn't alone. And like, that's why <laughs> here I am about to tear up. Goodness gracious. But <clears throat> Yah used the prophet Jeremiah to comfort me in so many ways that I can't even explain. Um, but every time I read Jeremiah, like if you've never read Jeremiah, just man, just like try to put yourself in his shoes. Like he had so much pain and so much sorrow on such an intimate level and like on another note, I just want to share this too, because this is important for me to make known, but the reason that Jeremiah is lamenting in that verse is not only because of the people's idolatry and their sin, but in the previous chapter, you can read the father's answer and response to Jeremiah's complaint. 
And he's talking about, Yahuwah says that many shepherds, pastors, have destroyed his vineyard and turned it into a desolate wasteland. And nobody takes it, takes it to heart, a.k.a. nobody cares. The people who are responsible for leading the sheep and caring for the sheep and feeding the sheep have actually been part of the reason they were going to be punished and carried away captive by the coming Babylonians. Because Jeremiah prophesied right before the um, Babylonian captivity, right before they were exiled. And, you know, it just so you know, it's important for us to understand the differences between physical Babylon and spiritual Babylon which I plan to take a lot of time unpacking that as well in the future. And, you know, I just hope you know that I love people. I love Yahweh's people. I love you. I love you all so much. And I pray for you so hard. But I don't love the deception that you're living in. And I don't love the deception that so many people are influenced by. And a large part of that deception is is coming from the church a large part of that deception is pastors who who view pastoral leadership as a career choice rather than a calling pastoring the sheep taking care of Yah's people that is a calling that he has to place on your life that is not a career path you take because you want to do it you have to be called to it Just like with anything in our ministry, we have to be called to it. You don't just get to pick and choose what Yah's plan is for your life. A large part of that deception and the strong delusion has everything to do with the religion of Christianity. So please hear me out. The things that I am going to be teaching on and sharing with you while moving forward are things that your pastor should know. And should be explaining to you. But they're not. And I have a problem with that. Because just like Jeremiah. The reason that I am so grieved. Is because I know what deception is doing to my brothers and sisters. And the people who are supposed to be shepherding. And caring for the flock. Are literally destroying them. They are destroying these people. Through spiritual malnourishment. And leading them straight into the lake of fire. And, and, and what's, what's so heartbreaking is that people don't even know it. They don't even know it. And the stuff that I'm about to say and the stuff that I'm about to talk about, it's going to be looked at as the error. It's going to be looked at as falsehood. It's going to be looked at as lies. I know that I'm going to be called a false teacher. Yah has already showed me that. He has already revealed to me what people are going to say about me. I already know it. And that's what makes this so painful because I still have to talk about it. I have to talk about it anyway, even though I already know what's going to happen. Because you know what? The same thing happened if you read your Bibles and you look at all the prophets in the Old Testament. If you look at Yahusha's disciples, nobody liked anything they had to say. The prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, these people prophesied and nobody listened to them. Do we really think that preaching the truth is going to turn the masses to listen? No, it's not. 
He said, the world is going to hate you. The world is going to persecute you. The world is going to cast you out of the synagogues. And in the world, in the last days, we're going to be killed for the truth. And I'm not alone, thankfully. Praise Yah. I'm not alone. There's other people out here who are preaching the same things. And I read through their comments. I see the the hate that they get from people. But you know what? We got to endure till the end. Like, we just have to keep going. And that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, I've always said if, if, if one person, if this helps one person, then that's that's all that matters, right? And our world is so upside down right now. And I want nothing more than for you to be set free by the truth. And there is so much unlearning that has to be done as we grow into just a greater knowledge of the truth. And like I said, I will never tell you to believe what I'm saying. Never. I encourage you to listen. I encourage you to research the things that I tell you and take it to the Father in prayer. Like I said, don't take it to your your friends. Don't take it to your pastor. Don't take it to your family. Don't take it to your Bible study group. If you take it to the Father and you ask in humility and sincerity and in humbleness, if you ask Him to reveal the truth to you, he will reveal the truth to you. That's his desire. Hosea chapter 4 verse 14 says, My people perish from lack of knowledge. There is a separation starting, you guys. It's already here. It's the time prophesied about in John chapter 4 verse 23 where it says that the hour is coming and is and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth says, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Spirit and truth, y'all. So, in other words, so I have no doubt in my mind that most people do worship in spirit. Because to worship in spirit means um, to worship with your heart. To worship, you know, with your whole heart. And I, I believe that. I've been worshiping in spirit for the last six and a half years. But to worship in truth means to be properly informed. And that's that's where, that's literally where I'm trying to bridge the gap with my ministry and what I feel led to share and teach on because right now the body of Messiah is not properly informed. And I know people like to defer to this whole, well, God knows my heart. And my question is, does he? Because that, that can be a very scary thing for him to know your heart. Because he sure does know your heart. He knows my heart too. Scripture says the heart is wicked and deceitful. It says the heart is evil from youth onward. So trust me, God does know your heart. Yahuwah does know your heart. He knows everything about you. But the question is, do you know his heart? Do you know what his will is for people? Do you know what his will is for you? 
Do you know what he loves? Do you know what he hates? Because that's what we really need to be asking ourselves. Because I know one thing. I love my husband. And part of knowing my husband and loving him is understanding what he likes and what he doesn't like. Because because of the reason I love him, I show that I love him by doing things that he likes and supporting things that he likes. And I also show my love for him by acknowledging the things that he doesn't like so that way I don't do them. You know, like everybody has their pet peeves and stuff. Like we have pet peeves too. Like I don't like when people don't chew with their mouth closed. Like that's a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) So like, you know, like I really want to ask these, we have to ask ourselves these questions these questions because we need to be making that our number one priority and our focus. Our walk is not meant to serve ourselves. The whole point of sanctification is to burn out everything in your heart and your life that doesn't serve our Heavenly Father so that we can be fully submitted and fully surrendered to Him and what His will is for ourselves and for others. And once we, once we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by accepting Yahushua as our Messiah, we got to let him clean house so that he can work through you as his vessel. It's all about, like, in order for him to work through you, it's all about burning everything away that clogs up that vessel, right? This life that we live on earth, it is not about us at all. No, at all. It is all about him. That's why it says, you know, we endure to the end and we will receive our eternal rest at the end of our short life here. I don't know. I hope I, I hope I'm, I'm making it clear and known that, you know, I am dead to myself and I hope that I stay dead to myself. Like, I really, I really do. Now that I know what I know now, like, please. I don't even want to be like that. That's what's crazy about it is like, I don't even, I I feel dirty sometimes just by seeing certain things in this world. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. Like, I'm not perfect. I am not perfect. I will never, ever reach perfection. But the difference between Stephanie now And Stephanie back then is that I no longer make peace with my sin. I no longer make peace with my unrighteousness. There's a big, big difference with like between making peace with your sin and wrestling with your sin. Like, I don't want to be the dog that returns to its own vomit or the pig that returns to the mud, right? I've lived that life. It didn't serve me well at all. And I've learned that living in obedience to the word and what he says and the way he instructs us to worship him and how he instructs us to live our lives is not bondage at all. Obedience to the word gives you a level of freedom that makes everything else in this world worthless and meaningless. And that's what so many people, we, so many people never get to that. They don't ever get to experience that because they don't want to give up the things of this world. 
And that's why Yosha said, narrow is the gate. Very few people find it. Very few. When he says very few, I've looked up the translation. It means very few. I don't know the exact number. But, I mean, just think about it. It just terrifies me, you know? Like, I want to make it. <laughs> like, I want to, you know. So that's where I'm coming from, you guys. The things that I'm going to share with you all from this point on in my ministry, they're going to disturb you. Like, it, it disturbed me. It made me sick. I was literally so nauseous and grieved and disturbed. And coming into this kind of truth is not easy for anybody. It was not easy for me. The things that Yahuwah has revealed to me has been absolutely devastating and traumatizing. And the reason I couldn't talk about these things for so long is because I had to do a lot of healing from it. Seriously. Um, after I repented, I had to heal from it. And that's how traumatic this, this awakening, this, this revelation really is. And like I said, I'm not alone. There's other people that have gone through the same exact thing. And just know that I am just as disur- disturbed as you might be. If you're going to be one that will hearken to what I'm going to teach on and will look into what I'm saying and will pray about it. Um, I've had to take some time to repent and heal and just get built up in the spirit, like to, to withstand the attacks and the persecution that's going to come with this. Like, all right, like I said, I already know what people are going to say about me. Um, people are going to call me a Pharisee. People are going to say, oh, you're being legalistic. People are going to say, oh, this is the, you're the strong delusion or you're the falling away that was prophesied about. I already know. Like, and, and the reason I had to be built up in the spirit is because the persecution that's going to come. That's why I've talked about this separation because the person, it's, it's going to be Christian versus Bible believing follower in the last days. That's what this last day persecution is going to be about. And the persecution is going to come from those who call themselves Christians. And um, I've said this before, but I understand it even better now. But the separation between the wheat and the tares and the division that's coming is going to be between lip service Christians and those who are actually worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth, like we, like I explained earlier. And there's a very big difference of those who worship only in spirit and those who worship in spirit and truth. But, I mean, I'm just warning you all, there are some tumultuous times ahead. There are some serious wicked times ahead. And this delusion is only going to get stronger and if we're going to be protected from the times that are coming, we have to be in covenant with Yahuwah. <clears throat> and the majority of people are not. And I'll tell you, we think we are, but we're not. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Like, I'm trying to tell you all, I was just as deceived deceived as the next person. And I was, I literally, I considered myself a genuine, authentic, zealous Christian. 
I was, uh, that's why this is so shocking and traumatizing because I'm literally telling you all that I was deceived. I had to come out of the deception myself. The, the strong delusion is more deceptive than we can even fathom. The majority of people don't see Satan for who he truly is. And I, I just want you all to know I'm not your enemy. I just want to plant seeds and help set you free from set you free by the truth. And I know that like we weren't able to like I I really honestly wasn't planning to get into any actual content today because I feel I just feel very led to to take my time with this. Um I'm just releasing it as it's given to me. You know, I'm just a messenger and a vessel. And I just, I want to leave you with one more thing before I end this episode. So, um, when Yahusha, our Messiah, came to this world, he told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, he said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. He said, he came to set man against his own household. So pay attention to this verse and understand that the Messiah was not sent the first time to bring peace, but separation. Peace is coming when he gets back. Now, peace is a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. But he said, I don't think I came to bring peace. I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says the word of Elohim is quick and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing separation of soul and spirit, aka flesh and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The sword cuts, okay? That's what I've been going through over the last several years, man. I'm telling you, I haven't even got to share the most recent heart circumcision, like the details of it that I've went through. So I'm saving that for next time. But the father has been cutting on my heart. He has been ripping me apart and putting me back together exactly how he wants. And I've had to learn how to submit to that. It doesn't hurt as much now because I've reaped the blessings of discipline and the sanctification process. And now I actually crave righteousness. Like it's still not comfortable, but I know that if, if he works on me, it's because he loves me. And if he works on me, it's because he has a plan and a purpose for me. So that's why I crave righteousness. Okay. Make me better. And I still wrestle with things, but at least, like I said, I'm not making peace with my sin. I'm wrestling with it. And I know that he works all things out for good for those who love him. And I want to submit more because I'm receiving deliverance of all the things that used to oppress me and hold me back. That's freedom. Most people only live with this sense of positional freedom. Like you're seated in heavenly places. Like I'm free, but they know nothing about practical freedom and living that out right here and right now. And I'm sorry if no one has ever taught you that. No one ever taught me that, but it's my job. It's my calling. 
I have to help teach others what he's been teaching me. As painful as it is, as painful as it is, he disciplines those he loves. And he works through his messengers to do that. He works through his people. The new covenant that was promised to us is all about writing his laws on our hearts and minds. It's about circumcision of the heart. And the things I'm going to say moving forward are probably going to offend you. Good. They're probably going to cut you. Good. They're probably going to hurt you. Good. But that's what Yahusha came to bring. The word. The sword. It's supposed to cut on you. It's supposed to convict you. It's supposed to hurt a little bit. It's not going to be comfortable. But the sword is, that's the only weapon we have in this world. It's the only weapon that we're instructed to use to fight with. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, remember? We have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I am all about preparing the body of Messiah right now because we don't have any time to waste. The words that I speak are not my own. My opinion does not matter and neither does yours. It's all about the word. It's all about examining the foundation of our faith, examining the things that we've been taught our whole lives. It's all about the word. The word is our only source of truth because the word does not lie and it doesn't contradict itself. And it's supposed to be used specifically for correction and teaching. And the the truth does hurt, but the truth will set you free. So father, I just pray that whoever's listening to this message, I pray that you have gone before me and prepared the soil of their hearts so that this seed can be planted Father, I just know that it is not in your will for any of your children to perish. And you are so patient with us and so long-suffering. You love your children so much. I pray that whatever truth that you want me to speak is, is spoken with boldness and with grace. I always pray, Father, that my words are marinated in truth and seasoned with grace. I pray that you you wrap yourself around those who are listening to this podcast episode. I pray that you wrap yourself around their heart so that the spirit of pride and offense and rejection and rebellion does not well up in their hearts. I pray that you protect their minds. You wrap yourself around their heart and their bodies. I pray that you protect them from all the flaming darts of the evil one and that you build their faith. Through, through this episode and the episodes to come. I pray for protection over their homes, over their families. I pray for conviction to do its work and stir people to repentance in this world. Father, thank you for this microphone. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your son and our personal Messiah and Savior. I pray all this in your son, Yahushua's name. Amen. I love you all. And I will be back with another episode for you all very soon.